You just gotta love anger. You gotta love it. <laughs> hey, this is episode number eight, I believe. And I have to fall into uh, belief here because my memory may not be serving me properly. Thus, a good function for belief. You're listening to Integrity Radio. I'm your host, Z, and my co-host is... Ben Jacobson, the secular humanist. Right there. And uh, we are about to just let it fly. We don't have anything, uh, any topic, subject matter. Um, I did actually have one thing I wanted to ask you. Oh, let's hear it. Man. Going back to our um, conversations we've been having about politics and borders and Uh, uh, especially kind of going to what we were talking about with politics, about uh, um, control, manipulation, uh, 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 controlling the populace. Uh, uh, I just go listen to our what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, nations, nationalities, borders. borders uh, yeah. Yes, uh, control. Okay. How do you avoid charges of conspiracy? I've, I've now... How, yeah, how do you, you know, especially when you talk about politics and how the political, how flawed the political process is and voting and politicians and the president and... Um, how do you avoid charges of just being a conspiracy theorist? Uh, oh, oh, how would I? Like, yeah, yeah. you're talking conspiracy. Oh, great. Uh, that's actually a great uh, question because I was talking to your dad about this, that this morning. And, uh, and I wanted to bring this up myself. Well, <clears throat> here's the thing. Um, when I talk about this stuff, I'm not giving my opinion, which I have. I have my opinion. And a lot of people may be surprised at what my opinions are. But um, I'm really reciting facts in history. And I notice that when you recite facts in history, people will often assume what your stance is on on a topic. Uh, Eagle suffers through that. But then again, you know, they may be correct in his stance. But I wouldn't assume Eagle's stance um, as much as I would just fact check what he's saying, right? Mm. And is what he's saying true? And then, you know, you can uh, draw your implication, you know, draw how you feel about it. I don't think it's fair to assume how another person feels about it. For instance, when it comes to control, I feel that there should be great controls. I just don't want to be controlled myself, right? When I think of gun control, I think there should be massive gun control, just not for me, you know? (laughs) I mean, I'm going to be honest here, right? I'm going to be honest. But, um, you know, uh, but facts are facts, right? And so, and history is history. Well, I suppose that's a that, that brings up a really good uh, question because yeah, I, I got into a, an argument with a guy the other day on a completely unrelated topic, 
uh, he was, he's a, just an absolute religious nutball. And he was going on about how there's actual physical proof that what happened in the Bible is 100% true. And, and he pointed me to a couple of videos with uh, archaeologists that have discovered, I think in one of them they had discovered wagon wheels in the bottom of the Red Sea. Yeah. Which to them proved that the Red Sea had been parted and Moses, you know. And, and it was tons of facts. I mean, they really did discover a wagon wheel in the bottom of the Red Sea. But it was his conclusion of these facts that was faulty. Yeah, causation, correlation, uh, uh, sort of because, yeah, difficulties yeah. So there. How, yeah. do you, how do you arrive, the conclusion that you have arrived at, the, fat, the fat, facts are facts are facts are facts. They're yeah. indisputable. Yeah. Yeah. The conclusion you draw from those facts. Uh-huh. How 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 do you how do you go from from you know from looking at evidence to drawing a conclusion in a way that is correct? Shall we say? Correct? I think that we are um, we're seeing the problem with homogenization, and what I mean by that is. <clears throat> is that it's hard for people uh, to not see how things are so heavily connected and intertwined. And so this whole idea of living compartmentalized, like, you know, uh, like the old, uh, you know, the, the perspective of men have little boxes and everything goes neatly in those boxes and you don't let those boxes touch and our favorite box is the empty box, right? Well... The problem is, is that is a horribly um, uh, false abstraction of how things really are and <laughs> how they really work. <laughs> things really are all connected and intertwined, and, and you know they're they're uh, and so now you can go overboard with that uh, philosophically. But just biologically speaking, and scientifically speaking, you know, that's just how it is. And you can also make a lot of assumptions emotionally there as well. But I'd say, you, you know, you'd be in danger, assuming how I feel about, <laughs> about that. Does that make sense? I, it, 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 we're getting into some interesting abstractions here, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. It's just something that's really interesting to me right now, how, how people take, you know, and, oh, oh, let me say this, let me say this, because this might help you, I'm sorry, uh, data is a lot different than information, and I think we're, ah, that, that, no, there you go, yeah, and I think just because you've got data, and then you can make all these correlations, well, you can do that with any data set. <laughs> you, you, you see, you see, you see this a lot. Uh, people will take a, 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 something that's true, or a little bit of truth, and then mix it in with a whole lot of a oh, whole lot yeah. of bosh and nonsense, and oh, use that little yeah. bit of truth to try to. But yeah. there's a difference between that and you know, legitimately looking at at facts and you know numbers and you know. 
and then trying to draw a conclusion from it. Well, that's why I love Steven Pinker, because he has done a great job of getting the data and then telling the story and getting and getting the information correct in reference to the data, right? Yeah. This is where everyone's getting it wrong, and I mean everybody, not not just the Christians, uh, most of the uh, secular atheists and humanists and blah, 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 uh, are just still can't get away from that biblical doomsday that is in our DNA that things are going to hell. We're all going, you know, <laughs> it's just so not true. Yet it also affects our quality of life when we think that way. And so it's funny because religiosity tends to be the probably the most effective way for the masses to get out of that. Hmm. You following me? Yeah. It, now, there's other ways, like we said, sports, uh, uh, you know, soap operas, drama, uh, <laughs> comedy even, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, I, I guess it's interesting, the paradox with religion can bring us together or drive us apart, both in equal ways, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I think religion became dubious one, uh, well, uh, you know, I think of, yeah. you know, you think of uh, Jainism or, you know, mm -hmm. even, even, even like a more, you know, like the Anglican Christians, the, 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 the old vicar that used to come calling at the door, you know, uh, yeah, and you and you and you and you contrast that with uh, you know a fundam Islamic fundamentalist. There's just a, a, a massive disparity in the relig religi religiosity there. Well, that usually has to do with education, right? I mean, no, not at all. No, no, no. I mean, uh, uh, where you've been educated, not well, the adult, how hot. Well, I mean, Osama bin Laden was educated in America. Uh-huh. Well, well uh -huh. his college education. Uh -huh. And now we're now we're back to conspiracies, right? So it's all conspiracy, right? Now that he's oh, okay, so now it's a conspiracy. <laughs> I watched a really interesting movie. It was called Syriana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you see uh, it? it's Hollywood, so I'm not even gonna I, I remember seeing it. I, I wash Hollywood trash out of my brain. I really do. I have been so disgusted by Hollywood that I, I anything I used to love and and like about Hollywood prior to nineteen fucking thirty, uh, thirty something. I just I just don't you know. I I will not watch anything of Hollywood prior uh, after nineteen thirties. It was one of those movies that I actually didn't care for. Would never watch it again. Almost like like the Birdcage with Michael Keaton. You know, it was one of those movies that you know, I, I didn't really enjoy it, but I did. It did definitely offer an interesting perspective. Into well, hey, the, this is why I don't watch it because they sure do, don't they? And it sure is with an agenda that they do so, and you don't know what that agenda is, and that's why I don't mess with it. It's like you know. Fucking with drugs or something. I just don't mess with drugs anymore, you know? 
because for, you know, why is it all of a sudden this drug is out on the market? Hmm, I wonder. Well, let me, okay, well, <laughs> actually, that brings up a good question, then. Let, let me ask you this, because here's, an, here's another thing that I, I talk to people about. You know, if... I'm glad you talk to people, because I only talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, your voice reaches more people than you know. Um, let's see, now I forgot what I was going to say. Um... Oh, Syriana. Syriana. Yeah. And how uh, Hollywood. How, how do you... Oh, oh, that was... I'm sorry. There, There's my thought. Okay, I go. got it back. Uh, how do you get your news? When you judge uh, what is going on in your environment, what is going on outside your environment, and you and you draw your conclusions from it, like specifically, like where do you where do you get your uh, information from? Do you do you well, trust? Uh, I yeah. I, do you I'll, trust uh, 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 media? Any sort of is there any media out there that you trust? You know, like uh, like the Associated Press or uh, Washington Post. Is there a specific news outlet that you might uh, trust more than others or? Well, I trust that they all will lie to me um, and that they all have their agendas. I, I haven't found one that isn't. And when you say lie, that. like, and, and here's, here's, here's a good follow-up question. When you say lie, I'll let you get going here. Mm -hmm. When you say lie, I mean, obviously, if I, if I go on, uh, you know, Associated Press and I read that there was a huge wildfire in California that destroyed... You know, ninety-five thousand acres. Right. They're not lying. They're not lying about it. You know, mm -hmm. if I go and read there that uh, you know there was a, a, a shooting in Milwaukee and some guy shot it, they're not lying about that. Mm -hmm. So, what do you mean by lying to me? And what do you yeah. and 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 how do you, and and in line with that, how do you get your information and and then? Disseminate it, disseminate that information into your brain and, and come up with a proper conclusion. Well, <clears throat> I'll answer the first question is where do I get my information from? I get the same place everybody else gets it from, Google uh, and YouTube, you know. Um, but it's what you do with that information that is, is tantamount. If you just passively take it in, face value, you're in trouble. If you don't take it in and think everything is a conspiracy, uh, uh, you're in trouble. So you have to kind of take from all camps and pull them, pull them center. There's a lot of reading between the lines. Why? Like, why, why, why? The five whys are always good. You know, why are you giving me this information? Uh, I live in California. There's this information is going on in, you know, Montana or whatever, Missouri, Wisconsin. Right, so why, uh, why, you know, I, I just, uh, and then are you just letting me know that this happened or are you letting me know, are you going to go in deeper and why did it happen or how did it happen? Um, you know, so there's a, a whole range of things that 
are rather not being said or that are being said. It's, a, it's really about perspective. Like, you know, the news people aren't endowed with any independent perspective, right? No, they're, they're just they're, well, And they're all just part of this bigger yeah. conglomerate. Yeah. So, you know, they're so limited. That's why I like CNN when they did their, <laughs> they, they made everybody a reporter. Remember? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, on their website. I still have my. Uh, yeah, yeah. I still have my press pass. My press pass. Press pass. That's yeah. right. And I thought that was a fabulous idea. You yeah. know, um, I don't know if it was pulled off. I I certainly didn't follow through uh, with it. Um, my my buddy Dave, Dave Lopez. You yeah. you met Dave. He uh, he posts videos up to Lively. I don't know if you've ever heard of Lively. Mm -mm. It's a very lurid uh, web. They post like videos of like people getting like yeah, yeah, terrible, horrible accidents and it's horrible. and then and then other. It, it's actually they post a lot of stuff too, like funny stuff. But it's all it's all it's all videos that people have taken themselves and then posted up to this uh, to this site. He has actually posted a couple of videos now that have gotten so popular that he gets a monthly uh, a monthly fee from one of them. One of the videos he posted, he gets a hundred dollars a month from it. Are you kidding me? No, no. Uh, he's actually he posts videos up there all the time. Like gets into it, leaves comments, and yeah, he's actually making a little bit of money now off of some of the stuff he's posted. See, there's the problem I can see. I won't with, tell you the yeah, video yeah, that he posted. Yeah. Well, the problem <laughs> is integrity within journalism, and that is the problem with turning everybody into a journalist is integrity. And integrity is always lost when it comes to popularity. Yeah, you know, but we are in the age now of cell phone cameras. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, I think that makes such a, because there's no longer like, well, you know, I heard that this person said that. Yeah. You know, he heard it too. No, now you can get your camera okay. out and no, nope, here it is right there. There uh, he is. Can, can, can I explain to you uh, how... Hollywood does what they do. It's it's going to be a really quick one. Right? <laughs> it's not going to be some long ass pompous. Do I got fucking listen to your voice? <laughs> Tell me something and explain something to me. Well, the problem is you're going to say something that I'm going to have to think about for three days. <laughs> I'm sure. But go ahead. No, I'm going to tell you how Hollywood does what they do. They frame it. It's called framing your shot. And when you can frame your shot, you can take any part of the overall picture and, you know, and amplify just that part of the picture. Mm -hmm. Now, that's where journalistic integrity comes in, right? And this is where everyone with a cell phone becomes very problematic because they're not going to have that integrity. They're going to have their own agendas. They're not going to be following, you know, they, they, and they don't know what their own agendas are because you're just living, you know. Very few people understand their actual agendas. I watched, a, it wasn't a video, it was a, uh, it was a post. I followed a thread on Facebook and I got to it. Really cool. It was a, uh, he was a photographer. And he had taken a series of really nice pictures. One of them was like his girlfriend or something. And she was like in this, you might, you might, you might even have seen this. It's, I think it's probably fairly popular. 
he had taken a picture of his girlfriends and like this, like these plants. It was like just beautiful, beautiful pictures, like a series of like five or six pictures, just gorgeous pictures. And then uh, the next five pictures were the same exact shot, but he backed up 20 feet and took the picture. <laughs> and it was, it was just like, like the, the one with his girlfriend was like, she was just sitting in a pile of weeds in like this back alley. So it was just horrible. You know, each pit was like, wow. You know, that was the whole point yes. of it was like yes. framing. Yeah. I understand exactly framing. what you mean. And so, you, you know, these are all, you know, again, we're talking about, well, this is your opinion. No, it's not my opinion. It's just my observation of how things are done. I don't have, I have opinions about stuff, but I'm not really getting into that so much you know my opinion uh hopefully isn't too tainted by my uh the the, the tone of my voice you know <laughs> I, I hope not <laughs> but sometimes it's hard not to well you know what that's it's very hard i run into this problem all the time when I get into arguments with people where I finally have to say, no, no, slow down, slow down there. You know, I'm not attacking you. Yeah. I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with you. I'm yeah. just trying to, yeah. But, yeah. Kind of get us more you know, off people, the emotional bandwagon. People get right? really, it's funny how you just introducing facts into a conversation can really get people riled up. Inflamed. Emotional. In, enraged. Yes, just enraged. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And it's like, no, 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 this is, I'm just, listen, I'm, I just went to the U.S. Department of Labor website and just looked at these statistics really fast, and, you know, and that's, that's <laughs> enough to just, oh my God. You. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, 80% of the prison population is there due to emotions, you know, mm. over-embroiled emotional uh, you know, I suppose that's a good one for a podcast too. Prison reform. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we often, I think, we often forget, and we try to get away from this stupid little fact that humans, if we are anything, if we're going to claim human, human, then I think the only one that we can, um, uh. uh I'm, 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 I'm going to say it. I'm, I've, I've already eaten my words, okay? I'm going to say it anyway. Humans are emotion. Mm-hmm. We oh, are yeah. emotion. Now, oh, yeah. the, I'm eating my words because I would say that all of life is, is emotion. And a lot of us are, you know, it's uh, that um, the EQ test yeah. that I took. Mm-hmm. I've actually been meaning to go and, and take it again, see if I, I fare any better than I did last time. Yeah, it's an interesting one because very, even if you know the answers, it doesn't matter. You just have to answer honestly. You yeah, know, it's uh, a very interesting one. Yeah, I um, it's one of those ones I was very surprised when I took it because I admit a certain pompous arrogance going into it. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm well emotionally adjusted. I'm you know I'm, I've got it together. Yeah, I don't, well, I, my score was low, low average. Really? Yeah, well, well, like average, yeah. just a, just just a hint above the middle, like fifty yeah. percent, like very very average in every yeah, way. Yeah. Well, even I don't know if they uh, if it if it equates that way so much as it equates to 
you thought you were this way, but no, you're actually this way. You know what I mean? No. No. Is, no. There, is there really a you're emotionally intelligent and you're not? Oh, yeah, I guess that's what an emotional EIQ EQ kind of thing would be, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, it was one of those things you. that made me think. You know, especially given, you know, given me and the fact that, you know, I've done Wing Chun training and sat there and, and played with my emotions while I'm... I've yeah, we do channels. emotional training. You yeah. do emotional training. Yeah. I was, I was, you know, I wasn't surprised so much in an arrogant way. I was surprised more in a, a practical kind of a construction worker sort of a way, like that surprise something that he built collapsed. Oh, or, oh hell, I should have been yeah, using look, my left hand, not yeah, my right you know, hand. I, I built that thing according <laughs> to code. Well, how come it came down? Yeah, but yeah. It was more more of that kind of a surprise yeah, where I was yeah. like, wow, okay, well, yeah, yeah, it was very, very interesting. Yeah, I, I've almost forgotten that whole, uh, <clears throat> that whole test thing and whatnot. But I do remember just being very comfortable with it, knowing, uh, seeing how well it mimicked the whole Wing Chun philosophy. So I, I didn't bother to really memorize it so much, you know. Yeah. Now, I got into a uh, an argument the other day with a, uh, not an argument, a buddy of mine, Josh. You met Josh. He, uh, uh, sorry, sorry for all those listening. That's a friend of, uh, of uh, my, our roommate's boyfriend. <laughs> just to give a little context there. Oh, backstory. Uh, no, we were uh, talking about like if because he, he, you know, he has kids, and he was talking about like if somebody ever kidnapped his kids or like killed one of his kids, like torturing you know, raped one of his kids and killed him, yeah. you know? and, and he got the chance. Yeah, he would, you know, he said, oh, "I would torture him and do all kinds of vile stuff to him." And I questioned him on it, and I said, "Yeah, I completely under, I completely understand what you're talking sure, about, right?" But you know. Let me ask you this: If a, if a pit bull attacked your child and sat there and ravaged him and tore him into pieces, you know, you say, "Oh, I'd kill the pit bull immediately." Well, of course you would. It, would you torture it first? Like, well, no. Yeah. So, well, okay. So why would you torture? Why is it? Why? What is it that that would make you torture a person for doing the same thing that wouldn't make you torture an animal? What What is it that's that's there? Yeah. And, you know, basically what it came down to was vengeance. I understand that this person can understand where I'm coming from and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I said, so, so that's, so then you have, I said, you have to understand, you're not, you're not doing this to this person to teach them a lesson. You're doing it for yourself. Yeah, and, oh, that's for sure. And what, yeah. and what does that say about you? Yeah. Very, very interesting uh, discussion we got into. Yeah, you know, uh, things are all so uh, circumstantial, you know, mm. as well. Oh, yeah. You know, and then oh, you yeah. have everyone's talking a backstory. Everyone has this backstory, you know. What if, what if your whole backstory is that you've just been taunted and, and suppressed and then finally, after so many years, boom, right? Well, everybody understands that, <laughs> you know, but nobody gets the backstory. All they see is the event, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's why I love Buckminster Fuller when he says, when you're walking you know, walk somebody else's shoes, you're going to do the same damn thing. 
I pretty much uh, uh, agree with that. Um, I don't know how true it is. I'm not going to say that it is true. I just agree with that perspective. And uh, because I think uh, uh, in general, I agree with that perspective because, hey, you know, if you if you've gone through some of the shit that I've gone through, like, for instance, if you've gone through uh, uh, a, a lot of uh, outdoor schooling, survival schooling and stuff, well, your base response to living is going to be a lot different than a person that hasn't gone to those kinds of things, right? You know? Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, yeah. Everything's so As circumstantial. Pete, you know, I, I, it, it, it just boggles my mind that people find it so hard to understand where morals come from. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, they, they must attribute it to some other agency other than be, their own. It can't, you know? it can't be my parents and the way I was raised and my dad. Oh, my I mom know. And dad. What it, it, couldn't, to their it parents, couldn't have right? anything to do with that. No, oh, but their parents probably attribute it to uh, another agency. You know, here's the thing you, they don't want to attribute the fact that the reason why they are moral is because. In for the most part, they're probably wimps. You know, for the most part, they're wimps. In other words, <laughs> this should enrage some people. In other words, you're being nice because if you don't, if you're not nice, you're going to get slapped upside the head, or you're going to get punched, or you're going to get kicked, or you're going, to, or you're, you know, you got to be nice. If you're not nice, and people aren't going to be nice to you. The only way you get around that is if you're some big powerful motherfucker that then gets to tote their power and then everyone around them is their flying monkey and they get to go, oh yes, you're the best, you're the most awesome and we're gonna, we're even going to act like you to show you how fucking awesome you are. <clears throat> Uh-oh, we're getting political now, aren't we? Right. <laughs> hey, this right is <laughs> Integrity Radio. <laughs> I am your host. <laughs> We could go on for another half an hour. <laughs> Z, and you're listening to me and my co-host. Uh, ben Jacobson, check me out at The Secular Humanist. Yes, and thank you for listening. Stay tuned.
I put forth to you this, that it is immoral to give and not take. It is immoral to take and not give. A lot is lost in life when appreciation is mistaken for gratitude. So what do you think of that, Ben? Ah, uh, very, uh, very, uh, very, uh, very thoughtful. I have much food for thought there. Uh, gratitude and appreciation. Very, uh, very interesting. And very, uh, you know, a very subtle, a very subtle there, the, the, the difference between gratitude and appreciation. It's a, it's a subtle difference that, um, that, that uh, I think it would, like you said, <laughs> the, the chasm in front of you is only two feet wide, but it's infinitely deep. Yes, so, yes, the two entirely different continents that are right next to each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's a very easy to confuse one for the other or to even replace one for the other, you know. In fact, I think it's a lot easier to be gratuitous than it is to appreciate because some things are very difficult to appreciate. <coughs> and I think we, <laughs> I think we would, you, we had made that point too that um, in terms of you know giving giving without taking taking without giving, it's a lot worse to give without taking. You know, people would almost think the other, the opposite is true that it's a lot a lot worse to take. Just take, 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 take and never give. And never give. Yeah. I think that, but the, the yeah. The, well, yeah. think about that. How could people even get away with that if that wasn't so, right? Because there are a lot of people who just give, give, and they never take, right? Yeah. But I say concurrently, and it's just bad. They take, take, and or give, give, and then never take. And that's why I say it's immoral, and because you know, say okay, how quantify that immoral? Yeah, there's a, a wonderful example of where I work at the post office. Um, we have a lady there, and I won't mention her name, but um, she is the, the, you're the atypical giver, and her, and her children are the takers. And she gives her kids everything, and they take everything. And there is absolutely no, 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 no balance there. You know, it's just her giving, then them taking yeah, and she has absolutely destroyed her, her not not only herself but her entire family by by this policy. Yeah, I can see how that could happen. And it's really bad. It's really bad. Her children are uh, well. One of her children is now in prison. The other one is uh, has multiple children with no no father. They live on welfare. Yeah. And collect from their mom. Her mother actually makes just just this late lady probably makes as much money as me and Cassie put together. Mm. Plus, plus she's a, a full blooded uh, Indian that uh -huh. has uh, yeah. all the benefits of being on the reservation, and she lives uh, in she rents a bedroom in a flop house, has to share a bathroom because uh, she gives all the money, she gives all yeah. the money away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has to be a two-way street. It's a breathing thing, you know. It's, it has to breathe. That's why uh, the Hawaiians uh, called these newcomers howlies. Howly, what, what, you remember what howly means, right? 
uh, something about you don't breathe right. Yeah, without breath. Without breath. Yeah, and so that's what that's the whole idea. It's the whole concept. You know, you give, you take, you take, you give. That's exactly how it works. You don't just give, 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 and you just don't take, take, take. Because either one of those is very easy to do. You know, once you just go ahead and, and you know, uh, program yourself. That's interesting, the Hawaiian connection. Give, give, give. I'm sorry, but give, give, give immediately gives you what? Purpose in life. Mm. All right? So what were you saying? Oh, I was just thinking about the, the, what you had said about the Hawaiians. Um, it was very interesting how the Hawaiians uh, uh, thought that the, the breath that came out of your mouth was very impure, and the breath that came out of your nose was actually much cleaner. Hmm. They didn't know about staff back then, I guess. Yeah, that's where staff comes from, is your nose. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... Hey, uh the little flute. The little nose flute. <laughs> the nose flute thing, thing. Nose yeah. Flute. Everybody'd share. The hey, want to jam on my nose flute now? <laughs> the Hawaiians would, uh... They had, it was called the Ohe Hano Ihu. The Hawaiian <laughs> nose flute. It was a bamboo, uh, a bamboo flute that uh, you played with your nose. And you could put it up your butt, strangely enough. It was that big, right? Meaning it was about it was about the right size. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you could. Uh, yeah, you played it with your nose, and uh, and that, and then the reason you played it with your nose is because the Hawaiians believe that the you know the air that came out of your mouth because the mouth can say bad things. Mm -hmm. Slander something mm, so on. Uh -huh. The air that came out of your mouth was inherently bad. The air that came out of your nose was inherently good. Makes sense. And so you were supposed to play the flute with your nose if you were going to produce beautiful, <laughs> beautiful music. Wow. Off on a tangent there, huh? No, that was a beautiful tangent. I'm sure people would much rather hear and be educated. Right? Uh, Entertain and educated all in one shot. That's. That's what Penn uh, told me, you know, from Penn and Teller. Mm. Penn said, uh, you know, you want to educate them and entertain them all at the same time. I still have one. I still have mine. The, the last one that I made, I did like this. It was like the uh, the Fender Stratocaster of, uh, of nose flutes, man. I just, I went to town on this thing. I, I searched, I searched throughout the park until I found this piece of bamboo. It was a special kind of bamboo that would... Uh, it wasn't just like one solid. It was like it looked almost looked like it was like a camouflage kind of a design on it. You know, it was all natural. And I cut it out and put the holes in it. And then I did a whole wood burning thing over the top of it, um, stained it, sealed it. Man, I, this thing is just like it's like the just the rock guitar of, of nose flutes. Hey man, I've seen some of your Hawaii on a um, artwork uh, crafts. That you've done and uh you know anyone that would see it would immediately say that that were was done by a kanaka you know? <laughs> <laughs> i used to boy i used to love getting into the uh they'd beat the you up because they'd see you with something like an ancient hawaiian artifact that you made but they'd see it in your hands and beat you up and say whoa bro <laughs> well, you know what? It's actually really funny if there was one thing that earned me any level of uh respect with a lot of the a lot of the local people is that you knew their their culture they, better I, than they, they did. They liked my uh, <laughs> they liked my crafts. They, mm. they they really did. Well, you're really connected, man, on a very roots level. I'd say. 
you know. I mean, literally, I you know, with Waimea, working Waimea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very that's you know so that's that's always something I've really had an appreciation for and I've done that not just in Hawaii but England and China and a lot of the other countries that I've lived in for you know an extended you know extended period of time at least you know over six months you know at least whatever um, I love to go uh, in country and I love to, to immerse myself in the culture and I, I you know it's just a I'd like to do it. I think it's good to do, you know, I think yeah. it's good to do that experience other cultures, but I've always found it fascinating and very rewarding. So oh, why the hell would you want to go some other place just to be the same? Yeah. Place just to be the same from? miserable yeah. American. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, China is incredible that way. They've created entire towns, uh, whole cities. They've replicated whole uh, tourist areas of cities right in China. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you heard about that, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, well, it was very, you know, one of the things I always find when you, when you go to a different country, you know, you've got, you've got the places that are Amer Americans are expected. You know, like if you go to those places, that's where the Americans are kind of expected to, like, if you don't want to get harassed and you don't want to be part of the culture and you, you're just there on vacation and you're not trying you know, you stay in this little spot right here. Yeah. And if you want to go, you know experience what it is to live here then you got to go outside of that areas but then you also have to accept the responsibility of maybe getting that, your ass that, that comes along with <laughs> strain outside of the uh, an ass kicking is usually the thing that everyone is, is afraid an of ass kicking is not uh, yeah. not entirely out of the uh, realm of possibility yeah yeah especially and, especially in hawaii yeah and that's you know that's still the united states and I love how uh, women like to think that that's not so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't realize that all the men are behaving nicely um, so yeah. that the, the nice guy, yeah, because relative the, yeah, to the right. rest of them. Because there's 15 <laughs> men. Yeah, Hawaii is a sausage factory. Let's just put that out there right now. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Guys. They're very nice to women there. Yeah, guys, if you're looking... Uh, yeah, if you're... For lady friendship uh, in Hawaii. Don't go. No, don't go. That's not the place. Uh, the ratio is, is horrible there. On the other hand, you can pretty much be any woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're going to have no lack of attention. No, yeah, yeah. Though, because there's just such a disparity. Especially if you go to the North Shore. My, my goodness. Yeah, I, I, I have found myself paired most of the time I was there, but that, you know, this, again, that was probably not a good thing, you know, you know, pairing off, I don't know, man, that's a, that's a, it's a huge responsibility. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's nice, it's nice when it's nice, I suppose. Uh, so what's been going on, man? Your well, your house is almost. Uh, we're, uh, we're selling the house out of there. We're uh, that's great. Certainly no lack of interest, which I am frankly dumbfounded by. I'm going to be really interested to see what these uh, the offers that we're going to get are because yeah, hey, you know, the place is just waterlogged right now. Mm. I mean, don't you know the house is fine. The house is yeah, tight house is and dry fine. and the patio yeah, is looking fine, beautiful but, too. I'm but sure. yeah, there's water. There's just water. Enough. None of the flowers are blooming. You know, when it's nice and dry and the sun. Yeah, yeah it's just wet and overcast. You said nowhere looks good. No. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's popular. Yeah, people yeah. are digging it. Yeah, you got plenty of people. Or 
they're into it. So we have to sell the house. See, we're on a, uh, we have until July, July 9th. We have to sell the house by July 9th. Hmm. Now yeah. we took out $40,000 worth of loans to, uh, 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 basically, mainly redo the roof and the windows. Uh, the roof is a really interesting thing about redoing the roof on your house. Uh, you, that's one of the biggest things that you can get a return on your investment for. You generally, we'll realize between 50 and 70 cents on the dollar, kind of depending on how things go. Uh, so you're going to get back. Now, you like say you list your house for $250,000, but it needs a $40,000 roof. So you're like, well, you will just... Put it on there for two ten and say it needs a new roof. Yeah. No, no, that's yeah. not how it works. You're yeah. going to lose a lot more than the price. Whatever we paid twenty five thousand dollars for our new roof. Uh, if we had not put that twenty five thousand dollar new roof on, we probably would have gotten fifty to seventy five thousand dollars less. Yeah, estimated on, uh, on the price. value. Yeah, yeah. 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 Huh. Well, congratulations on that. That's great news because, you know. It's been a wonderful educational experience. I can't wait. You know, the next house we buy is going to be the house that we're probably going to. That's going to be the house. Unless, barring some, perhaps winning the lottery or, you know. Yeah. Losing everything at the casino. You know, yeah. We, yeah, one way. Yeah. One way or the other. The next house Some offsetting buy, thing. It's probably going to be it. So yeah. it's really nice. I've gotten a lot of practice doing all the stuff that I've done, the renovations, the, yeah. just, you know, everything that I've done. So Well, it certainly helps that you are a handyman. You know. And it also helps yeah. that my dad is uh, oh, pretty yeah. much Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, he's, of, he's the master. The master of, of handyman. <laughs> Which, by the way, we have in front of us a Buzz, a Daisy Buzz Barton. It's actually a Daisy Super Buzz Barton special. Does it say at the it end? It says uh, Super Super Buzz Barton. No, oh, it's number one hundred three. Number one hundred three. Yeah, Super Buzz Barton number one hundred three, which is probably one of the most prized of the daisies. That's like a some I don't know. I don't even know what kind of wood that is, but it's a very heavy. Stock. This looks like um, walnut. Yeah, maybe, maybe walnut with a cherry wood stain. Or cherry. It could be cherry too. Yeah, and then um, and it's a nickel plated uh, gun with a uh, receiver, um, nickel plated receiver and barrel, and a cast iron lever, and it also has a telescopic like. Sight. I don't even know what you call this because it's just a tube that sits on top of the gun and it's a blued tube. It is not nickeled, but it's blued. Oh, yeah, and uh, there's an aperture that goes inside the tube. And then there's a, a tube for a front sight and there's an aperture inside of the tube on the front sight. Uh, it actually is kind of hard to uh, aim unless it's, you're aiming at a particular distance. Um, so it's not my favorite, but for some reason it is, uh, the, I think guns like this go for about 1200 bucks, right? So that's right. A BB gun for 1200 bucks. So I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this stock because I, I, uh, I have another Buzz Barton 103 
and I'm unsure of the um, origins of the stock, but I am certainly sure of the origins of this stock. So we're going to counterfeit a Buzz Barton stock and put it on this and sell it. Well, it's not counterfeit, I guess, if you tell everybody what you're doing. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting to see how well your dad can uh, manufacture a Buzz Barton, a super Buzz Barton stock. He's doing it out of cherry wood, I believe. Is that what he's uh, This is out? mahogany. Oh, it's mahogany. Oh. Do you think this is mahogany? There's a yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It, yeah. So they both, I think they're. In fact, it looks very much. Looks yeah, like it does. The same wood, doesn't it? So. Uh, it, <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Well, that might be the stain. No, you can yeah. the, you can see the the the, the striations in the wood are different. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I have all, I think after today I will have 10 uh, Daisy BB guns up on auction on eBay. Uh, you can find them on Callier 2018 uh, um, seller, eBay seller, Callier 2018. The BB, the BB gun guru. <laughs> yeah. I like your, uh, I do like your, I, I like picking a Daisy. That's a good, uh, that's a nice catchy little, uh, picking the daisy, you know, and it doesn't just apply to the BB guns, right? It, it really, it kind of, uh, I, I'm hoping not to get in trouble with daisy, you know, because it, it certainly is a homage to daisy, but it's not specific to daisy. Uh, it, it really is specific to the vernacular of the era, which was, boy, that's a daisy. You well, know? There again, I, I think you're uh, picking it with, you know, if you were just, you know, going with the name Daisy, but you're picking a daisy, you know, no, yeah. that's, that's, I think that's ambiguous enough to be, uh, to be, uh, to be safe. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, because uh, I certainly don't mean any disrespect to Daisy, and I really uh, have, you know, um, you know, Daisy has really opened up a whole world to me of history and whatnot, you know? That's really cool, watching you guys working on these things and seeing all the different... Uh... Yeah, to know, this gun is from 1933, right? There's a BB gun from 1933. There is a kid that a learned kid, how yeah. to fight, uh, learned how to shoot with this BB gun and then grew up to go into World War II and fight Hitler. Yeah, that's right. However, at the time that the gun was made, we were selling them to the Germans, well, <laughs> and we were uh, in uh, quite an ally with Germany, so we wasn't quite sure that we're who we were going to fight. But uh, the youth of America certainly were um, trained early, and it really did make a difference uh, with our troops in World War One, World War Two. Daisy BB guns made a huge difference in the fatality rate of our troops in World War One and World oh, yeah. War Two, and even World uh, Vietnam. Uh, yeah. Although your dad uh, can't cooperate with me on that story, but uh, I'm sure there's somebody out there that could. Well, World War Two, you definitely had. Uh, you had some. You had some very highly. 
some you had some highly trained soldiers from from yeah, the United States in World War Two. Definitely. Oh yeah. Well, after these guys were. <laughs> yeah, like you said, man, they were used to shooting and uh, plinking, and they were, yeah, boy, they could. Uh, and a lot of a lot of the uh, recruits into the military were country folk that you know would have their BB guns and their twenty twos and whatnot. So uh, a lot of those country boys wound up being the, the soldiers in uh, in our World War One, World War Two. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just find it amazing when you have a piece of history like this in your hands, and not only that, but it was really. I don't know if it was meant for kids. I, I'm pretty sure the BB guns weren't meant for children. I, I could be wrong on this. but Even these little tiny ones like this? Well, the first BB guns as was that Markham King, which was the wooden one. Yeah, and then, right. then they made the wire gun, right? And then from the wire gun, it kind of evolved into this kind of thing. Then it started getting small, you know, like but for the Model is, H and like this stuff. This is small though, right? Oh, I wouldn't say that's small. No, that's all. That's the same size as a twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, twenty-twos are small, but, <laughs> but I'd say it's about the same size as a twenty-two or, or even a thirty-thirty for that. For you know, uh, yeah, it's yeah. supposed to mimic a Winchester, right? A Win Winchester thirty-thirty or the Remington thirty. I always get those confused. Um, yeah, you imagine Al Capone, you know, the figures that were alive, you know, uh, while the kid, and, and I, you saw it. I have one gun that has Joseph, Joseph Mueller. Mueller on one side and a Nazi symbol on the other side, really small, and it also looked like it was kind of scratched out, like they tried to scratch it out. Really, and I guarantee you. guarantee you he wasn't living in the united states no no that was that's what i'm saying you know and then There's then no the, way he would have that in the united states uh-huh and then they uh they were over here that you know there was a huge german immigration huge. Uh, to america oh, yeah. yeah so uh yeah yeah our relationship with germany throughout the whole thing was rather peculiar i would say especially since we were leading eugenics at the time <laughs> like you said, you know, our the whole thing with Germany was, uh, you know, it's like okay, you're not gonna win, so <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we, we decided sorry. to choose the winning side. Sorry, yeah, we, I mean, listen, we don't like the Jews either, but you know, nobody sorry, likes the Jews. I, you know, That's the sorry, whole thing, sorry. right? I mean. <laughs> Any Jew will tell you you're not supposed to like the Jew. <laughs> that's how that's their power, right? <laughs> I was actually told that by a rabbi. He had just turned atheist, and he says, yeah. uh, "Well, I won't go into that. It'll cause too much of a controversy." But um, yeah. interesting, huh? Mm. All right. Well, uh, I guess you have been way too busy to do a, a new episode on your podcast. Huh? I keep meaning to just get it Which out. is The Secular Humors. The Secular Humors. Yeah. I'm going to be posting something up here the next day. I'm, I got the day off tomorrow. We got to uh, do some plumbing work tomorrow morning. But um, yeah, I'm going to do, do a couple of uh, off-the-cuff 
No, no script. No. Uh oh. Uh oh. No, no, he's he's no gonna sale. let it run wild. No sales pitch. All right. Just, uh, just me at my uh, mumbling, incoherent finest. Well, thank you very much for uh, uh, helping me out here on Integrity Radio. It's been very informative. And hey, uh, that's the Secular Humanist on Anchor and also on Facebook. Yes. Yes. And you can find Integrity Radio on Anchor. It's actually uh, anchor.fm slash integrity. And you can also find Integrity Radio on Facebook. Stop on by and say hi and give us a like and uh, show us your thumbs and all that. I think I see it now. You can also go to pickingadaisy.com where I have my entire uh, collection of Daisy BB guns that I always talk about. Ben Jacobson 13 on Twitter. Oh, lucky 13. Lucky 13. Ben Jacobson 13. All right. Okay. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll see you for episode nine. Coming up, stay tuned. Adios.